I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome once again to History Dweebs. I'm Tim. And uh, today's topic of our podcast is Edmund... Uh, Kemper, who was a serial killer, surprise, and um, we're going to talk a little bit about his deeds, his dastardly deeds, but before we do, uh, I want to introduce our panel. I'm joined, as always, by the very lovely and talented Brandy. How are you today, Brandy? I'm great, Tim. How are you? It's good to see you. I see you're still... Playing Candy Crush as we speak. Do you ever stop? Do you sleep? Do you just like play all night? I I do sleep. Have you mastered Candy Crush yet? And if only I was playing Candy Crush, then that's something that we could discuss. Well, I don't know what you're doing over there with your phone, but we're glad you're here today. I am too. And, of course, in our presence is the very distinguished, honorable... Uh, debonair and a bit chubby, Colonel <laughs> Charles Beauregard Hawk Waters the Third, affectionately known as a Southern gentleman. How are you today, Colonel? <laughs> you know, I got up feeling pretty good about myself. <laughs> but uh, I'm just saying, you look a little full. <laughs> the Colonel was stocky man. The Colonel lived a good life. Uh, <laughs> Well, I didn't call you fat and stupid like Brandy would have. Oh, yeah, that's true. I appreciate that. But uh, What an asshole. <laughs> what is that? When do we get to introduce him? Right. That's what I want to know. When do we get to introduce You know, you never really do get a proper introduction. <laughs> well, you know, I don't need, I don't, I, I'm a man that doesn't need an introduction. <laughs> okay, well. I, I would like to say, though, I, I would like to apologize for our last podcast we did on um, Rose and uh, Fred um, West. Where you were smoking weed before the podcast? <laughs> I, I, I was... I, Why are you I, apologizing I, for that? That was the best thing ever. I, I kind of uh, lost it a little bit during the um, oh, podcast. Was, the man couldn't walk a straight line. It was funny. It, it, was, it, was, it displayed a lack of professionalism that it was really hard for me to watched to me. Yeah, I know. And me, uh, me as well. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, you who were calling, you know, Rose fat stupid the whole podcast. Yeah, what was up with that? Yeah. But my mom he enjoyed it. it. My mom I did not write fat stupid. <laughs> mm-hmm. I said she was overweight and of low IQ. <laughs> 
you could, you know, <laughs> clean gets, it up a little. She doesn't get cleaned up. She's a serial killer. Well, yeah. well my mom enjoyed your uh, description of her being fat. Well, if, if Dottie liked it, then it's good enough. That's for all me. that mattered. Okay, Colonel, tell us what's going on with you. We hear you got some big news. I do have some big news, Timmy. Um, now, as you know, I've been running in the in the presidential race here. Yeah, you haven't been um, doing. I haven't seen you in any polls. I haven't seen you in any. Well, debates. that's because w- nobody has. Nobody. If you, if you look historically, it's the late surgers that that always win it. Yeah, really. You know. Oh yeah, sure. Oh, look yeah. at this time. In the last eight years ago, nobody knew who Barack Obama was. Yeah. You know, it was oh, you know, this guy. He's just gonna blah blah blah. Right. So the colonel been saving his momentum, but then I, you know what I thought? Well, yeah, first oh. of all, first of all, I had. Um, yeah, there's going to be some misfortune in your campaign. There's going to be a press conference. Um, my running mate uh, apparently has has had a scandalous past. Scott K. Um, yeah, apparently, Scott, I have not vetted him properly. Yeah, see, you got to um, do your homework, Colonel. It's a poor reflection on you. It's like it, with Sarah Payne. Well, my handlers all said that he was... Uh, that he was good to go, and, yeah. and then I found out later that uh, Scott likes to use campaign funds on beer and pizza. Yeah, well, um, see, you can't do wrong. that. That's so wrong. And travel, and gambling. Yeah. And uh, all of which, of course, you do not approve of. I do not approve of such immoralities. Yeah. Um, but Scott, um, so you're gonna while you are a fine man, I think it's really hurt us at the polls. Um, it's taken. Oh yeah, it's that's well, what's hurting. Yeah. Well, and and here's the problem. Really here's dropped the thing. off after that. I got plenty of time to get a, get a new running mate. Right. You could. This Ross Perot is a running mate still available. If I can't be president with Scott as my vice president, I don't want to be president. So if, if love and Scott is wrong, you don't want to be right. If love and Scott is wrong, the colonel don't want to be right. So you know what? I go down with the ship, me okay. and Scott. But you know what? You're just like the guy in the Titanic. We still got forty-two dollars in campaign funds that we can use on Domino's Pizza and and, and beer. Yeah. Well, hey, um, you come out ahead. And as I was thinking about this, you yeah. know, I'm 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 troubled by it. Yeah. Because I want to, you know, the Colonel helped the country out. He, he, that's what I'm at. The Colonel here to serve. That's what you're all. The Colonel about. here to you serve. You wear that hat that says "Make America Great Again." <laughs> right. Baseball cap. I and I figured out a way that I could. Uh, actually serve America better than being president. How is that? How could you possibly serve your country, Colonel, provide a greater service than being president of the United States? The colonel going to go on dancing with the stars. Oh, well, I, that, that, that will be a greater service. I well, I believe it would be. So you're, going, you're announcing today that you're going to be a contestant on I'm the next? Be a con- well, it's not really going to be a contest. We all know that. Uh, but, but, yeah, the colonel is going to be involved in Dancing with the Stars. Next a season? Participant next, next season, yeah. So you are you pre- preparing for your uh, Oh, yeah, me and uh, Betty White. We've been, uh, we've been practicing First quite a all, bit. First of all, we do not take the name of Betty White in vain. Well, Angela Lansbury Ever. apparently was not available. You better get some Valerie Harper or some Mary Tyler Moore. Valerie Harper about the she's circling the drain. I don't want to count pin my hopes on Valerie Harper. Well, we don't talk about it. so Betty so, White would not lower herself to dance with you. So, so Colonel, you're going to be on the dance. What what kind of dances are you? Oh, uh, you know, we're going to do some of the ones we <clears throat> the Colonel's perfected over the years. We got uh, 
We got, well, we got the Watusi. Yeah. We're going to do that. The Jitterbug. Yeah. Uh, the I Charleston. can see you doing the Watusi. And we're going to. The Charleston? Uh, the Charleston. Are you going to put your hands on your knees and then like yeah. scream back and forth? Wave we, your hands in the air like We probably do care. the twist a little bit. And uh, now Betty White does a mean, mean Michael Jackson moonwalk. Betty uh, White can do whatever So we she might wants. do that. And, um, well, let's just say it's Colonel time. We're not going to say that. So you're going to use a typewriter. I'm going to give me some baggy pants, genie pants, and me and Betty going to just, just. I, well, I look forward to that. I was looking forward for you to you being president, uh, but I. Well, really, I have not ruled that out. But you as, might be do both. You might be the first president to be. You called. could be fantastic. Yeah, if, if we could, uh, if we could get um, this guy, Scott, pass this scandal. Uh, <laughs> this is this guy. This and and guy. Scott is is going and 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 you know Scott. Are you sending him into your a bravery? Is your bravery. Scott Scott's bravery. Yeah. And his courage. Mm-hmm. Um. In entering a rehabilitation program. Did he say no? No. No. Uh, well, well, you mean <clears throat> he may just need to find the Lord, and get saved, and then he can be back on campaign trail next week. No, Scott knows Jesus. Next week. But he, uh, yes. But he's he's fine. So you know, so the colonel gonna be all right. The colonel gonna serve his country. Now let's get to uh, tell you some, some interesting stuff we had this week. That Still I mean, don't understand. But. Now Canute, we got just a bunch of pictures of uh, yeah, it's maybe great. the prettiest place I've seen yet. I mean. I'm and really moving Norway up on my to-go list. I mean, it's beautiful. And it's you know, the question I'd like no, to they ask don't have is: yet. Is he a? Uh, these look like they're almost professional photographs. Yeah. So he must be. He must be a an amateur photographer or something because yeah. these are these are wonderful pictures. Um, Canoe, we're going to hook you up with a eight by ten Colonel picture with Our an autograph. Yeah. Well, ain't nobody once wanted the devil, so. Uh, that's hurtful. Well, maybe no, we can, maybe saying. we should take a team photo. What are we gonna do? We had we remember we have five hundred pictures of the devil given printed up and we given out yeah. what, three. That's hurtful. They're about they're one out to your there mama, one to your daddy, and one to your little kid. First they're, of all, you didn't give any to my. They're in the back room with the history dweeb T-shirts. So. <laughs> exactly. You gave you gave exactly. none to my parents. And some shout-outs we got to give out here too. Um, now you know our. Our favorite listener and, and my favorite person is Dottie Scott. Uh, she is she is Hi Dottie. Dottie is the woman, the kind of woman that built this country. She is? Oh absolutely well. Now Dottie, now you got you, is you that why the country is no, Dottie's generation, generation was the greatest generation. That, yeah, that's true. And then you know what she did? She had kids like you that messed it all up. Messed it all up. I, I mean, just jacked well, it all down. What can I say? Nothing. Um, Easy coming you, you can say nothing. I'll say Colleen. Colleen. Our friend from Michigan. Our friend from Michigan, um, who gives us just numerous, numerous good ideas. Um and post on, on the Facebook on yeah, page. We appreciate your support. We appreciate your ideas. Um, mm-hmm. We because we're not real creative people, and we're not, as you can see, the other two are not very smart people. Um, and I can't carry this thing by myself. The colonel, although I do got broad shoulders and it's ten pointed out, I'm a stocky man. I can't carry this whole thing by myself now. And it's all uh, that time spent researching and, and exactly. writing the scripts. 
and uh, lugging the equipment around that that's right. really bringing yeah. you down. Oh my yeah, gosh. it's weighing me down. You're crying. And uh, and and Beverly, <laughs> who shall from now on be referred to as, because I found out she's British. Uh, yeah. Well, we knew she was British. Right. But what I did not know. Um, and I mentioned the last time, is her husband is a doctor. He is a Ph.D. in uh, chemistry. Um, very renowned man, very well-known man over there, so I'm very not going to talk about him too much um, because I don't want to embarrass him by being associated with this show. <laughs> but, Good idea. Uh, but late, so we are from now on going to call her Lady Beverly. Lady uh, Beverly. She Beverly. shall be known as Lady Beverly. Okay, so that's um, a little aristocratic. Yes, and and uh, and a shout out to her daughter too. Um, if you if you've seen the two, uh, they are a spitting image of one another. Um, lovely ladies, both of them. Yes, thank thank you, Beverly, for listening. So we would like to give a shout out, and she's got some ideas, and, and we are trying to figure out the the uh, logistics of doing potentially a show with her, um, working her in that yes. six hour time yes. difference. Yeah. Um, but she, uh... That means you would have to get here early. No, at least it, on time. It means Beverly may have to stay up late. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Beverly, thank you for listening, and, uh, thank you for the support, and thank you for the encouragement. Yes. Okay, so anything from, uh, your foundation that you want to mention? Um, no, everything with the, with the Dead Penis Society has gone well. Um, we had a, we had a fundraiser, um... <laughs> so like let me let me get this because I, I saw your your fundraiser mm-hmm. and the more money you get you have instead of a fun ther- run? they have a sign that's instead of a thermometer it's a penis it's a penis and as it as the money as the donations come, come in, in the penis gets more erect yeah so you're kind of at half mast right now or? We're, we're kind of at what you would call a chubby <laughs> right you now you should have a fun run uh, what well, <laughs> A five K. <laughs> we should we we should do a six inch, but uh, but oh, anyway. Gosh. Okay, we're deteriorating. Let's get on to the story. Okay, so oh, I forgot to mention. Oh, yes. Um, uh, because he does listen. Happy birthday to my boy Logan. Oh yeah, Happy Logan. Birthday. Happy years birthday. Old. I am now. Can I, he get hookers now? I no longer. You're so old now. What's that? You're so old. I no longer have children. My yeah, children are all true. adults now. Yeah, and and, and you're still paying for them. And I'm still paying for. And them. they can have you committed now. They can, they can have you committed, but I can also have them arrested. So that sounds so much fun at your house. <laughs> oh, it's 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 a blast. But the, but the boy turned eighteen. Um, very proud of the young man. So that yes. was that was over that the weekend. Exciting. And I am officially um, an old man, although it's it's disturbed Renee quite a bit because Tanner, my his twin brother, said you know put put a post on Facebook that said while I'm 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 excited my brother is eighteen and you know he can do this. What does not excite me and disturbs me is all my friends who have these crushes on Logan. Feel free to pound now. Feel oh, yeah. that they can pound on him. Now. And Tanner's friends started chiming in. Oh my goodness, Logan is eighteen and legal now. Uh, and finally, my wife had to intervene on the thread and say, 
you little college cougars, back off and get in your rooms, hussies. So. Oh, so the fun is going to be. The fun is going to begin now for Logan. Oh, happy birthday, Logan. Okay, so let's move on. Let's talk about Edmund Kemper, who was a serial killer back in the 1970s. Um, Edward Edmund Emil Kemper the third. Oh, there was two others. Isn't that nice? Mm-hmm. Took took it uh, three times to perfect. Um, Edmund Emil Kemper III was born on December 18, 1948. Now, interesting enough, that was one week before Christmas in 1948. Exactly. Get Actually, out. it would have been one week before Christmas in 1949 also. Yeah, but this he was born in 48. Yeah. So it would have been a year. The odds week. of that happening. <laughs> what are the yeah. chances of that happening? Yeah. Right? So December 18, 1948, Edmund, or Ed, became known as Big Ed, because he was big, big, yeah, yeah. He's a husky and fella. He was husky. Uh, he was also known as, which is that's not a bad nickname, per se. His other two were not as appealing, uh, and those were the co-ed killer, or and the co-ed butcher. Now, either of those, yeah, those, those, those monikers you don't want. Those are not. Those are not. If you're, you know, playing. Well, if if you're. On the Tinder or yeah. whatever app it is you use all the time to meet these young girls, yeah. Henry, that is not what you want your screen yeah. name to be. I'm not going to use the that on, killer, uh, co-ed on, on Tinder or Craigslist or whatever. Okay. But anyway, uh, being that he was an American siller, a serial killer, then those names are appropriate, don't you, don't you think? Big Ed. Well, being that he killed college women. Yes. Ed was an American serial killer and a necrophile. What do you think about that? Well, being married 28 years, it's hard to tell the difference sometimes, Tim. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Renee okay. is going to kill you. you know, uh, she is going to have to make her file for the men, after she hears that. For the men who've been married a long, long time, do you, uh, do you know how you tell if the wife is, is passed on? How do you tell, Colonel? Well, yeah, the sex is the same, Timmy, but the dishes pile up in the sink. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> Okay, anyway, Ed was oh, a serial killer. <laughs> Back to Big Ed. I love that one. That was actually pretty good. <laughs> uh, Big, Big Ed was an American serial killer and necrophile who was active in California in the late, or the, I'm sorry, the early 1970s. He started his criminal life, um, quite appropriately, I think, by murdering his grandparents when he was 15 years old. And he, la- he later killed and dismembered six female hitchhikers in the Santa Cruz area, which, by the way, is in near the Bay Area in California, where I just came from. It's very beautiful out there. In fact, there's a couple of shows that we've got coming up kind of focuses on the Bay Area. It's just, it's just a coincidence. But anyway, Big Ed, um, he, murdered, he also murdered his mother and one of her friends uh, before turning, finally turning himself into authorities. Uh, he was a very imposing guy, Big Ed. Uh, by as you could probably guess by his name, he was tall. He was six nine, and he also weighed over three hundred pounds. Uh, but he was also a pretty intelligent fella. He had an IQ near the range of me. He was at one forty, and um, really, that his size and his brilliance left uh, very little. Um, 
left for a little, little chance for his victims to uh, overcome him. And so now let's talk a little bit about some of his dastardly deeds. So his er, in his early life, he was a middle child. Um, that born. means he had someone born before him and after him. Thank you for clearing that up. Uh, he was the middle child born to Edmund Emil Kemper Jr. The, the second, second. The second. And Claire Nell Who probably was son, the son of... Edward Emil Kemper. Senior. Whatever. Yeah. And Clarinel Stage. Uh, she was a stage one. She, she really was kind of, yeah. Okay, I'm shutting up. Go ahead. You're mouthy. <laughs> I'm telling you I'm manic today. Oh, as a child, he was very bright, but he exhibited antisocial and psychopathic behaviors, such as cruelty to animals. He fatally stabbed his pet cat at the age of 13. So he was not a cat. He was not a cat person. Uh, He liked to bury animals alive, including the family's pet cat, and would later dig them up. Wait a minute, he stabbed the damn thing, and then he buried it alive. No, they got another cat, and he buried that one alive. Oh, okay. Uh, But he'd later dig them up for further torture. He would act out bizarre sexual rituals with his sister's dolls and exhibited a dark fantasy life. Well, now, who hasn't done that? Him and his eldest sister had a bit of a... Sometimes he makes offhand comments that disturb you. I had when I, you know, you know, you, you remember Gumbo and Pokey, Gumby, 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 Gumby damn it, Gumby it's, and Pokey, it Gumby, damn it. That's yeah. all I'm gonna say. Wow. Okay. <laughs> they had so. this little BDSM thing going on. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> you could arrange them in any way you wanted. It really it was flexible. Can, yeah. yeah. So him and his eldest sister had a bit of a rough relationship, uh, where she tried to kill him on several occasions. See, that's why we need Casey here today, because I want to hear those stories, what you did to him when he was young. I protected his old weak ass. Whose sister hasn't tried to kill him, though? Um, but uh, but what, Ed, Ed's sister... Ed's Ellie. sister pushed him into the deep end of the swimming pool <laughs> and tried to drown him. Uh, she also tried to push him in front of a moving train. <laughs> no, no, I can see the swimming pool, you know, sink or swim type of thing. But the train... You can't come back from that. <laughs> no. Well, you know, she was just trying to help him develop his reflexes. <laughs> yeah. And, and teach him to be prepared for anything. He had a close relationship with his father and was devastated when his parents divorced in 1957. And he had to be raised by his mother in Helena, Helena Montana. He had severely... He had... I can't talk... That's okay, go ahead. He had a severely dysfunctional relationship with his mother, Clarnell, who was a violent alcoholic and constantly belittle, humiliate, and verbally abuse him. Did she have a metal plate in her head? Much like <laughs> I received much like, much like the treatment I received here. Much like every other serial killer that we have talked about, and yeah, much like uh, you inflict upon me and Timmy. Except not we have not turned to serial killing. Yeah. I'm seeing a pattern here. First, his sister pushes him in front of a train. Now his mom is being a... <laughs> being just a... Uh, yeah. a Wait a Oh, bitty. Wait a minute. If you run into one asshole in a day, they're the asshole. <laughs> yeah. If you consistently run into assholes throughout the I'm day... I'm saying, the women in his life... Well, but, you know, when you stab a cat and you bury the cat alive... And you kind of write doing, your own... That's your story there. 
it's hard to feel sim- it's hard to generate a whole lot of sympathy when somebody whose cat you have ba- it, one cat is stabbed, the other cat you buried alive because they're probably the sister's cat. It's hard to generate a whole lot of sympathy when they try to push you in front of a well, train. Well, true, but we don't know what which, which came first, the chicken or the egg. <laughs> maybe maybe he was reacting to being pushed in front of the train. Well, Claire now, yeah, who wasn't much better often made her son sleep in a locked basement because she feared he would rape his younger sister. Which apparently is not all that... Was, yeah. was a she wasn't, she wasn't valid, that far out of line. Yeah. It was valid. You know, it's better... You know, better Although, be it, is, it needs to be said that it was alleged that his mother had a borderline personality disorder. Okay. So, there's that. So... Take that with a grain of salt. Right. Uh, In the summer of 1963, Kemper ran away from home in search of his father in Van Nuys, California. Once there, he learned his father had remarried and had another son. Kemper stayed with his father for a short while until the elder Kemper sent him back to Montana. Clarinelle, however, was having none of it. She did not want him back in the house. Uh, so he he goes to his dad, dad sends him away, comes back, mom, mom says, Mom's like, nah. nah. So she sends him to live with his paternal grandparents, Edmund and Maud Kemper. This Maud. is not a good move. Now, sometimes you take in people and you get mad because they don't clean up after themselves. They don't do this. They don't do that. But he was possibly the worst house guest you ever. could ever have. Right. Well, he lived, they lived out on a 17-acre ranch in the mountains of North Fork, California. North Fork, California. Uh, Kemper hated living there. Uh, he referred to his grandfather as senile and claimed that his grandmother was constantly emasculating him and his grandfather. Don't you hate that when your grandmother constantly emasculates you? <laughs> she just rips, rips your sack Sweet right baby. off of you. Sweet. <laughs> my, ma, my grandma used to say that to my dad all the time. She was going to split his sack and run his leg through it. She was a... She's a lovely woman. <laughs> Not Sweet D. That explains a couple of things yeah. all of a sudden. Well, it's good thing Sweet D didn't... Pieces didn't are falling into the, place here about the devil. Yeah. <laughs> Not Sweet D. Sweet D's awesome. Yes. So, Kemper's grandmother, Maud Matilda Huey Kemper... Wrote, Huey? She wrote children's books. <laughs> While oh. she's emasculating people, she wrote children's books. <laughs> she's like Dr. Seuss. A little bit... Jack and Jill went up the hill because because Jack was because Jack was such a peckerhead yeah. and couldn't afford a car to get up the hill because yeah. <laughs> Jack wasn't man enough to have a car exactly because he gambled the all road, the time yeah, yeah Billy up the road took Jack's car and if Jack was a real man he would have thumped his <laughs> yeah. ass yeah on uh, August twenty seventh of nineteen sixty four. Kemper's grandmother was sitting at the kitchen table, minding her business, Nagging. working on her book. What was the book she was working on? It was a children's book. <laughs> Green eggs and spam. <laughs> Might be. When she and Kemper began to argue, we don't know what about. Grenades and Probably her. Yeah. Probably <laughs> calling him a sissy or something. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> Billy's a lazy-ass munch. That's what it was called. It, it's, hard to, it's hard to think about just constantly... <laughs> It's like poking a tiger. The man is six foot nine and over three hundred pounds. Yeah, but you know, grandma was one of those one of those old women. Oh, I know. She probably told him to pull up his, put his big girl panties on or something. <laughs> yeah. She might have. She might have actually given him girl panties. 
Uh, eventually, though, this argument led to Kemper. Stop that. Kemper shot her in the head, <laughs> and then stabbed her with a kitchen knife. Well, that's well, that he's trying to make sure <laughs> he didn't want to. He did. At least he. Did. It's not like he buried her alive. It's a little redundant, well, I don't you think. I mean, well, he was a thorough man. When his grandfather came home from grocery shopping, just picking up some eggs, just ran out for smokes wow, and milk. Like, hey, he's... Uh, Kemper just walked outside and shot him in the driveway. <laughs> now, what the old man ever do to him? <sighs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. I don't know. He was being beat down by the old woman, too. I would think <laughs> no. they'd have a camaraderie. You think, well, yeah, you think it'd be like, was, well, you know what, we're having Domino. We're, we're getting Taco Bell tonight. We're going yeah, to celebrate. Yeah, we're watching, we're going to watch the game. Ding dong, the witch is uh, dead. Now help me, yeah, help help me get her to the yard. Ditch, Grandpa. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kemper called his mother, who told him to call police. When questioned, he said he just wanted to see what it felt like to kill Grandma. We've well, all been who there. Who hasn't? We've all been who there. Who hasn't? Yeah. And he killed his grandfather because he knew his grandfather would be angry with him for what he'd done to his grandma. Well, he, he was going to be peeved. He may have been wrong. He yeah. may have been wrong. Except Grandma, grandma but he was didn't know how to play. So he might have forgot about it after right. a few minutes. <laughs> right. Well, where's Grandma again? <laughs> Uh, at 15, Kemper was committed to Ad, Adescardo, Scaredo, Adescardo State Hospital, where he befriended his psychologist and even became his assistant. <laughs> Ed, could you help these people over well, here? Well, what kind of therapy? psychologist, first of all, what kind of psychologist allows that to happen? Like, you get sucked in. You're not very good. Well, you know, we do not know He actually know went much. to prison and got promoted. Yeah, we do not know much. Like about the, the grandparents. That's all I'm saying. Maybe the psychologist heard a different side of the story and was like, well, that was a weird No, I'm it sorry. Out. No. Okay. So he kills, he kills grandma, grandpa, goes to sit away for five years, <coughs> and now he's become, or to a mental hospital, and he becomes an assistant to the psychiatrist. Just yes. Recapping. Okay. okay. Mm. Yes. I'm mad. So during his time there, it was revealed he had an IQ of 136, and later... Into his adulthood, he tested at 145. Yeah, so he was bright like me. Or different. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Kemper was released in 1969 after serving fewer than the five years that he was sentenced to. At you, the time, you kill your grandma and grandpa and you get five years. And he got less than five years. <laughs> he, did, he didn't even do the five years. At the time of his now release. that's smart. Now, wait a minute. Keep in mind, what is this kid? Sit 15 when he goes in? Well, he was, that was... Uh, yes, yeah. he was 15 when he went in. Yeah. He served less than five years, so the kid's not 20 yet. 
He had grown to six foot nine inches tall and weighed close to 280 pounds. Big head. That is apropos. Now, Colonel, since you're talking about someone of that proportion, and I know your foundation, the Dead Penis Society, what would your guesstimate be on his? Ew. No. So against the wishes of several doctors at the hospital. Now, come on, devil. You know you thought about it. No, I have not. I, no. Every time we say Big Ed, I can see your ears perk up a little bit. I, I enjoy my head being attached to my body. Thank you. Against the wishes of several doctors at the hospital, he was released into his mother's care. Yeah, that was a good move. She that was, was the one move. that told him to call the police. That's all I'm saying. Did he, she locked him back in the basement. Yeah. Uh, Kemper later demonstrated further to the psychologist that he was well and his juvenile records were expunged. He worked a series of menial jobs before securing work with the state of California's Department of Public Works and Division of Highways in District 4. You know, this kind of, um, this was earlier, well, I'm, I'm comparing this to the uh, to, um, the two when we did When Children Kill. Mary Bell, she was like 10 years old. Yeah. She's like, she served a long time. And then the other, the um, Monday. Uh, They're out in California. I, I Ate Mondays. Killer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She was like 15, right? And she's still in. And yeah, this dude, she's still in, yeah. He, this dude kills grandma and grandpa. I don't understand. And he's out in five years. All right, go ahead. Uh, by the time, well, by that time when he's got his job at ODOT, not ODOT, but DOT, uh, he weighed about 300 pounds. So not six, only... Does, six foot nine, 300 pounds. Not only does he kill his grandparents, go to prison, become a physician's assistant, he then gets out and gets a state job. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. what Chuck did. Yeah, yeah. yeah pretty much. Um, now, you would think Ed, Ed's getting on the right path. Ed's got things turned around. Ed's... Going yeah, down, and, and he was he was released ahead. when Brandy, roughly. Uh, let's see. He was released in 1969 after serving fewer than five years. So he he had a he had a good run of three years. Mm-hmm. Um, but starting in May of 1972, in this uh, in this space of 11 months, this man did this. He just started killing people. Okay. And 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 most of this was driven in. Anyone who has a, a close relationship with a female knows that they can drive you to do lots of crazy things. But I can't even attribute this to his crazy mother because the stuff he did, he didn't just go out and kill people. What what Ed liked to do, um, and, and I'll give you a, um, just a, his first two victims, Marianne P. Peace mm-hmm. and Anita, Anita Lachiza, um, on May 7th, Kemp was driving through Berkeley when he picked up the two 18-year-old girls hitchhiking. Now, these girls were going to Fresno State, and the pretext was he was going to take them to Stanford University, where they was going to go to a party. Beautiful campus, by the way. Yeah. Now, after driving for about an hour, Ed finds a secluded area in the woods near Alameda, and he smothered and stabbed Peace to death before finally stabbing Luchiza. So Kimpo, he's a big guy. He's got a 1969 Ford, and you know they had a lot of trunk room back mm-hmm. then. Mm-hmm. Um, he just tosses them both in the trunk and goes back to his apartment. Now, in his room, he drags them up to the room, 
He takes some pornographic photographs of the naked corpses before dismembering them and putting the body parts into a plastic bag. Yeah. Um, he threw that later on in a, in a mountain, dropped them off in the mountains. Um, but the one thing that he did, um, he saved their heads. Yes. He didn't save them. But before he uh, disposed of their heads, mm -hmm. uh, he orally raped both heads. Ugh. Yep. Yes. So, now... So, I mean, do you mean like, like, like oral sex? Yes. Ugh. That's exactly what I mean. The oral sex? The oral sex. Well, he, he had a predication for this. Um, he would do it to all his victims. Um, mm -hmm. He was a, and and that can't be attributed to a bad mama. That's got to be just a bad seed right well, there. Well, no, bad mama and bad sister. Yeah, that, you know that can make you pick pick up people and hit them in the head with a hammer, you know. But when you chopping people <coughs> up in little parts, okay, yeah, I was, can even get that. Yeah, but when you Randy them, couldn't even drive you to do something like that. The devil couldn't get drive somebody to chop off somebody's head and then say, oh, you know what would be a good idea right now. I would like me a little hummer action right now. And then grab him by the ears, and oh, God. it's the head bobbing up off the oh, my God. So oh, my anyway. God. Um, You're very descriptive in that. Well, it's a gruesome thing. Oh, and I, I, want to, I want our listeners to understand oh. how gruesome this was. And uh, Now, our next one is Aiko Ku. Um, Ed apparently was not, you know, did not discriminate. So you think she's Asian? I, I, or Japanese. she's a bird. If Aiko Ku, she's either Asian or a bird. Or Japanese. Japanese, yeah. So, but he picks her up too. She decided to, uh, and, and kids, quit hitchhiking. Yeah. And when a, when a six, nine guy come pick you up in a car, just say, oh, no, thank you. I'll wait for somebody who ain't going to dismember me and rape my Severed head. But this was like 1970, oh. so I think hitchhiking. Was Everybody was hitchhiking, but he picks her up, um, and and for some reason now with this girl, little 15 year old girl, no. he pulls a gun on her. Then he pulls her over to the side of the road and strangles her to death. And uh, he didn't shoot her because he didn't want to obviously ruin the head because he had plans for that. Yes. Now this one he raped the corpse and raped the head. Um, Ugh. Now, this is, you know, this is happening in a very quick time frame. This happened in September of 72. The next one, January. And, you know, serial killers usually have a cooling down period. And he didn't really have this on January, which was just less than three months later. And he liked college campuses. He's going around Cabrillo campus. Um, he picks up a 19-year-old student named Cindy Shaw. He likes secluded areas. That's where serial killers like to kill people, typically in secluded areas or in basements. You know, get your um, degree online. That's what I would suggest. <laughs> now, this one he shot with a twenty-two caliber <laughs> pistol. Again, he throws her in the trunk of a car, drives back so to his mama's house. This one he shoots. Yeah. Drives back to a mama's house. Now, this one he kept in his room overnight so he could remove the bullet from her head and decapitate her. And uh, and then he, uh, you know, went about his business, with, did his deal with the head like he normally does. So he raped her her head as well? He raped a corpse, pulled the bullet. because I guess he didn't want to get lead poisoning or something. I don't know. He was trying to have yeah, safe sex. So, yeah. yeah, he pulls the bullet out of her head, 
decapitates or has yeah. sex with the body, has sex with the head. Um, this guy's like Ed Gein. Well, and then, you know, just to show he had a little bit of a sense of humor about this whole thing, he buried his, the head, the severed head, in his mom's garden, facing right, right up at his mother's bedroom as a joke, later remarking he always wanted people to look up at him. And then he uh, well, he's dismembered quite the rest the of the body. Isn't he? Now he is. Ed was a smart guy, and and he liked to hang out at this bar called the Jury Room, and this was a very popular hangout with local law enforcement officials. So Ed befriended a lot of the Santa Cruz County police officers, so he knew what was going on with the investigation. And so they would share information yeah. with him, or loose lips, one, loose lips sink ships. Exactly, and not one of these guys suspected Ed's and Ed, and they discussed the case freely with him all the time. So he was. Uh... So he was anyway, cops, now he's got Cindy Shaw. Now, January and September seems to be. If you look at uh, September, September seems to be a month Ed likes to kill. September seventy-two. He weather is good. Killed her. Yeah. Then. We get down to Good Friday, which was good for some, bad for others. Um, good Friday, Ed comes home, April 20th, 1973. He's waiting for his mama to come home from a party. He fell asleep and was awakened by her harpy, nagging voice as she came through the door. Now, his mother's sitting in the bed, and uh, his mother was sitting in the bed reading the paperback, and she noticed Ed in her room. She said... I suppose you're going to want to sit up and all night and talk now. She now, wasn't one for talking. Think about this. You walk in to see your mama, and she's like, oh, I suppose you want to talk to me. She probably got, you know she got a cigarette dangling out of her mouth. Yeah. Probably got a half a beer in her hand. Yeah. yeah. Watch you know, this shows. woman don't even watch have curlers. She's just laying in, yeah. laying in her own filth, probably. But um, Ed just replied, no, mama, good night. Before beating her to death with a claw hammer. <laughs> it's about time. How is that funny? <laughs> well, when you come in and you say, I guess you want to talk on that, Ed. And he says, no, good night, Mama. And when he said good night, he literally meant good night. He, ch- he beat so, her to death with a claw hammer. Apparently he didn't want to talk. No, he did not want to talk. It was feeling a little bit frisky. So he decapitated her. Oh, don't tell me. Yanked out her dentures. Oh. Um, oh, well, I'm a, I don't know that for sure, but I'm assuming the woman had dentures. Oh. Um, and thought, oh, my goodness, because Ed was used to the, to the younger girls who got the real teeth in there. You got to be, right. be careful. Uh, but his mama, she ain't got, num- got number gum in there, and he just goes to town at her. So oh, so he, he raped his mom's He orally raped oh. her severed head. Before, before using her head as a dartboard. And he made a point. He threw darts at her head? Threw darts at her uh, violated head. Yes. Uh, so I, And I guess, you know, it's like a dartboard. If you get the tip of the nose, it's, it's the triple uh, 20 or yeah. bullseye or whatever. So he, he, um, he had a lot of anger issues with mom, apparently. Well, I'd say anybody that beats your mama to death with a claw hammer has a little bit of anger built up in them. A little bit, yeah. Um, so I bet she regrets locking him in the basement control. now. 
Well, no, I bet she let regrets letting his ass out of the basement. <laughs> <what she regrets. laughs> Probably so. Oh so, my God! And crazy. and it's just a symbolic gesture. And who who amongst us has not wanted to do this to the occasional hoppy? Uh, he ripped out a vocal cords and threw them in the garbage disposal. He ripped out his mother's vocal cords and put them in the garbage disposal. In the garbage disposal. Why would you call me a harpy? So you you thought now, about on. doing I that? I said to harpy, Brent. and she said, "Why did you call?" Yeah. You gestured. There was did, gesturing. Timmy. Is somebody feeling a little uh, defensive or uneasy about this? Perhaps. So, but you know what? He, now his mama was a tough woman, and she had been she had been talking and yapping and hopping and so nagging for strong years. Vocal cords. Yeah, and it's the damn garbage disposal spit the vocal cords right back at him. Yeah. Uh, and, and you get in, you get vocal cords in there, and they jam. And they, man, you, they're uh, they're hard. To, it's hard to fix. And that's a car repairman. And just stood there and chuckled. And you know what he said? He said, that seemed appropriate as much as she bitched and screamed and yelled at me over so many years. <laughs> so now Ed, Ed, but Ed, 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 Ed was a man of uh, endurance. Yeah. Uh, so he decided, you know what? I, I already used up Mama. Mm-hmm. You know, because Ed, Ed, Ed was a one and done kind of guy. He don't want to. He want to. Yeah, you know. it was kind of sloppy like, seconds. Yeah, he was he, like a black a black widow. Once he once he had did his thing, he wanted to move on. Yeah. So then he uh, he invited his mama's best friend Sally Hallett over to the house. Sally. Sally. Miss Sally, Sally. Come on, good old Sally. Come on and over, Sally. Mom wants to see talk to you. Upon her arrival to the house, Ed went to give a big big hug, but instead photos. Big ass paws around her neck, strangled her to death, and uh, let me guess, he decapitated her and had his way with her. He did, he did, and then he just left the scene. Well, he was very. Um... And what did he do when he left the scene, Timmy? Well, after he left, I'm glad you asked that because after murdering his mother and her best friend Sally. Uh, he drove, uh, he drove, he left California, drove through Nevada, drove into Utah, and he arrived in Pueblo, Colorado. Pueblo. And after not hearing, he was, you know, list- checking the news on the radio, uh, uh, on the car radio, to see if he heard anything about the murders. Heard? Yeah, but he didn't hear anything. Uh, so that kind of disturbed him. So he found a phone booth. And he called the police. He confessed to the murders of his mother and to Sally Hallett. But the police uh, told him to call back at a later time. They did not take him seriously. I don't have time for this. Yeah. So several hours later, again, he's <laughs> checking the news. Could you imagine being the police dispatcher? Well, I came home and I killed my mama, raped her, cut her head off, raped her head. Uh, them invited the neighbor over and killed her, raped her head. Yeah, can I put you on hold? <laughs> yeah. oh, I please. Mean, no, it'd be like, Earl, Earl, come here, you gotta listen to this one. You gotta, we got another one here. Well, you know, a lot of times, like I said, I think I mentioned this in the last, uh, there have been a lot of times where victims have caught up, like where they've been kidnapped and held. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and the police don't believe them? They don't believe them, yeah. So, anyway... Uh, because I'm sure they get a lot of crazy calls that are not, you know, not real. 
But anyway, uh, he waited several more hours and kept checking the news and still no word of the murders. So finally, you, you mentioned that he hung out at this uh, pub where the police officers hung out, right? The jury yeah, room. Yeah, the jury room. Um, he, ha- he called back and he asked to talk to uh, an officer that he knew personally. Uh, and then when that officer got on the phone, he confessed to killing his mom and Hallett, but he didn't mention killing um, the six uh, women, students. Um, so they believed, so, the, you know, that kind of got their attention. Uh, they came to get him. He just waited in his car in Colorado until the police arrived, took him in custody, and arrested him for the murder of his mother and of Sally Hallett. At his trial, Big Ed pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity, uh, but he was found guilty in November 1973 of eight counts of murder. Uh, uh, no, no. I guess they figured they had enough on him with the eight counts of murder because at the time he had asked for the death penalty, but. Um, the capital, capital punishment was suspended at the time. You know, that was that period yeah. between, what, 69 and 76, I yeah. think, when the Supreme Court had um, ruled against the death penalty. So um, there was no death penalty. So he just got um, he got life in prison uh, without the possibility of parole. Uh, now, at the time of uh, his uh, little... Uh, shenanigans, his murder spree in Santa Cruz, another serial killer named Herbert Mullen was also very active uh, and so California became uh, Santa Cruz became known as the uh, murder capital of the world at that time now it wasn't too long after that that you had the Zodiac killer and you had Ted Bundy it's a hotbed of criminal activity and, uh, the Night Stalker right all that was going out there in Cali. Yeah, the California got some crazy people out there. Yeah. That's why the colonel liked the Midwest. Yeah, well, but it's a big state. Yeah, those too, are so. your people. Hmm? Yeah, those are your people. The Midwest people? I mean, uh, yeah, they're, they're, it's like we've done some serial killers from the Midwest. I mean, they'll set your barn on fire and kill you and chop up your family. But yeah. Especially out of Chicago. Typically, yeah, Chicago they're a one-shot is. deal. Yeah. They don't just keep going on and on and Anything. on. Now... If you would like to become friends with Mr. Kemper, he is in general population at the California Medical Facility in Vacaville, California. So, Colonel, if you'd like to put a few dollars on this commissary, I'm sure Big Ed would like to. Big Ed would appreciate it. You guys can be BFF. I would imagine Big Ed's got guys putting money in his commissary right now. Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, and doing his laundry. Would you like to? How, how would you like to be his cellmate? Uh, you know what? I, w- I would never talk. <laughs> I would. Uh, although I believe the colonel could rehabilitate Ed. I think. I, yeah, I believe I could make, make Ed see the light. I mean, think about Timmy. When, when, when did we start doing these podcasts? Uh, January of this year. And now you remember what the devil was like over here. She was damn near feral. Yeah, she was just damn near a feral person, like you, like you see on the Thunderdome. And and while she's not quite, I don't know what I would call. I mean, she doesn't have the na- the normal range of human emotion or things like that. She has learned some empathy. Um, mm-hmm. She's not eating with her hands anymore. Yeah, that's um, true. Yeah, 
So, I mean, I believe if I could she turn has, her she, around. She hasn't even hit you once during this podcast. Although, not a single, although, not an area time. Although, uh, so. I mean, it's not over yet. Yeah, well, we got time. Now, Kemper uh, uh, was, he was one of several serial killers who served as inspiration for the character of Buffalo Bill in The Silence of the Lambs. Your favorite movie, Colonel. Um, now, now, Kim- now, like Kemper, Bill uh, began his career as a serial killer by fatally shooting his grandparents as a young teenager and then uh, went through a significant cooling off period before murdering again. Now, yeah, but but Ed wasn't as handy with with his corpses as right. Um, now, now Kipper it will be forever known for his quote. His, his you know he this is probably what they'll put on his tombstone. Is this your favorite quote? This is like my favorite time. Yes. Um, they ask him about his deeds and what he you know about the murders, and Kipper said, and, and I quote, using real quotes here, not air quotes, real quotes, real quotes. A beheaded woman is just as attractive as any other woman. She just has less personality. <laughs> so, I'm, some I may you know, disagree with you on the personality. <laughs> I mess with uh, women if you chopped off their heads, they'd have the same personality. Oh, maybe. Oh, that guy was a sicko. She just hit me. These, these, yes, she did. And I mess some women. She just hit me. I mess some women that if you uh, chopped off their heads, they'd have a better personality. <laughs> I got it. Okay. Oh my God, that was gross. That might be the worst guy we've done yet. He was pretty, He's pretty bad. Yeah. Well, when you when you and this dude is still alive. Hmm. There's always potential he can break out of jail and go and find us. <laughs> yes. He's gonna be go coming after you, Timmy. Headhunting, as it were. Uh, okay. So, uh, any final thoughts on Big Ed, Ed the uh, co-ed butcher? Ed, the co-ed killer, or, you know, any thoughts about Big Ed and well, his love for Ed? I would just say this, Timmy. Big Ed, his love for Ed? That would be the title <laughs> of this. I don't I don't I, and, and let me just say this, and, and you got to take per, some personal Jesus. responsibility for your actions. Yeah. But yeah, ladies, too. but ladies, ladies, be careful how far you push a man. He can only take so much. Have to, I mean, you, I guess she didn't have to worry about gag reflexes. <laughs> I just throw that out there. It gives the whole new meaning to the term deep throat. Oh my God, this needs to end. <laughs> Where can people find us, Colonel? <laughs> Brandy, where can people find us? Lips and Stitcher. iTunes, leave a review so people can find us. Maybe not a leave a review on this one. <laughs> Uh, Twitter. Twitter, <laughs> <Enter>, yeah. <laughs> okay, Colonel. Would it come out of the bottom? Is what I'm wondering. Twitter, Facebook. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> please forgive us. Uh, you right. know, yeah. we can be a little inappropriate. And, Ed found and one way. Ed found one way. <laughs> I don't think Lady Beverly is going to talk to you anymore. She is not. But Ed did find one way. Stop that talking. Stop talking. Did not complain when you grabbed the back of the head. What is wrong with you? Oh, oh you're a gosh. sick man. Now, you're a really? sick man. Really? Because you're over there cackling? <laughs> Nario, one of Ed's victims said, Don't get it in my hair. 
You're over there cackling. Don't apologize for, <laughs> for him when you're I, over there. He's like, making me laugh. He's so sick. It's, <laughs> it's so disgusting. Lady, I apologize. That was so inappropriate. It was. <laughs> now they know where to find us. Thank you, everybody. We'll see History you next time. You forgot about our Facebook page. No, I didn't. I believe she's I went through all of those. Yeah, come <laughs> check us out on Facebook, and um, we'll have some good stuff. This is Halloween month, so we're going to have some really ghoulish stuff. Because, you know, this is... We're going to try to do Jack the Ripper. That's what we're going to try to set up with Beverly, I believe. Yeah, right? we're going to try to do that. We got some other stuff on... We got some other stuff lined up. So, keep, yeah, October is going to be a busy month for us. Keep checking in, checking for our podcast on iTunes. Check us out on Facebook. I said all of these things uh, already. And Brandy's already said all these things. And whatever you do, uh, stay away from Big Ed. Big Ed. All right. Uh, we'll talk to you again. Talk to you soon, everyone. Have a good Bye. Day, Bye. 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 Check check out us again next time. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.